Hello, friends. Welcome to the March 2023 offering. I am Shay in the Catskills, and I am delighted to be sharing this space with you. I am recording this on Monday, February 27th at 9.03 a.m. in Mount Tremper, New York, because I moved since last month. So you may hear the sounds of the heater in this space, as well as the plaintive cries of my cat, who's still adjusting, as I am, to the quick change. Here in the Catskills, the weather continues to swing between spring and winter. Black ice and freezing rain trading places with willow trees turned yellow and crocus heads peeking through the mulch and back again. I wonder how this wobbly season is finding you. In tarot news, I'm so excited to offer Asking Good Questions again on Saturday, March 18th. And I wanted to share a little bit about what the people who attended in December had to say about this workshop. Some people said the most important thing I learned is tools that can help us form and ask questions. Questions have questions before them that need to be answered first. The most important thing I learned is the art of asking questions, and that usually the initial question can be further explored to get to an even deeper and more relevant question. I learned so much listening to other people's polls. I am also so grateful to have these tools of the four rituals now. They are so helpful. They said, I would recommend this class to anyone who wants to learn more about how to ask better questions in both tarot and life, maybe especially in life. Anyone who wants to learn more about anything, truly more about yourself, more about what you want, your relationship in the world and to the world. For anyone who wants to learn more about anything from tarot to self-exploration to community care. What surprised me most about this workshop, some people said, is how an online class can be so intimate and supportive, how generous everyone was in sharing, how many directions people went in and their own willingness to be vulnerable, and the openness, uniqueness, the quality, the intelligence, the vulnerability, and the healing nature of all the conversations. So that's a little taste of what it was like last time in December. And so it'd be delicious to have um, a nice full group for uh, Saturday, March 18th at noon Eastern time. I would love to see their links to that and to everything always in the episode notes. And then in April, I'm going to be offering two new workshops, uh, reading tarot spreads and another workshop called Using Tarot to Work with the Dead. And this program is part of Ata Yoga School's Let's Talk About It Death series, which includes a really amazing lineup. The first session was this past Saturday with Robin Love. It was amazing. She'll be offering the next session, which is this month, which I'm going to mention in a little while. I would love to see you at all of these. And I'm also delighted to report that the March cohort for the Study Tarot series is full, and um, I've had some more people express interest in um, a different day and time, and so I'm planning on starting another cohort in May as soon as I have enough interest. So if you want in, let me know. 
The Ritualist Podcast is back with season two. It's so nice to be back behind the microphone with my friend Peg Conway. Uh, So check that out. And my books are open for readings in March. And as always, thank you to all of you who continue to support my work in so many amazing and generous ways. The first quote this month is from Trisha Hersey, the author of Rest is Resistance. She says, being booked and busy is not a flex to me. Being relaxed and aligned and living in leisure with hobbies you don't monetize is a flex to me. Me too. (laughs) Couldn't agree more. In You Might Be Interested, I hope to see you at the second installment of Atta Yoga's Let's Talk About It Death series when Robin Love offers Many Small Deaths, The Art of Living Courageously on Saturday, March 25th at 11 a.m. Eastern. Next up, if you're not subscribed to Perdita Finn's new Substack, you are missing some big magic. I've been working with her for over two years now, and she's sharing indispensable and and accessible teachings on working with the dead, plus a behind-the-scenes look at the creation of her next book, The Body of My Mother, Beyond the Witch Wound to a World Renewed, in this incredible new format. It is superlative. Links in the episode notes. And finally, if you are feeling overwhelmed by the accumulation of things, and whoo boy, was I feeling this as I was packing and moving, on Saturday, March 11th at 1 p.m., my friend Peg Conway will offer a new workshop called Making Space, Rituals of Releasing Stuff. And I just want to say, this is not a decluttering workshop. This is not about getting rid of things necessarily. It's about um, our relationship with our the the things, so-called things that we share our lives and spaces with and how that is very much an intimate spiritual matter. And Peg is a particularly grounded and amazing guide um, in this area. It was actually um, the real estate agent that she and her husband worked with when they moved who suggested to her that she do a workshop about this. Um, because it's so um, naturally her thing. So check that out. Next up, I have a poem in here this month, uh, which I think I found, I don't know, on a social media, something or other, but it's called To a Child Crying Over a Breakup Text. And it's by Joseph Fasano. To a Child Crying Over a Breakup Text. Trust me, this is living. This is living. I promise there is one word that you carry, a sentence that was given in the beginning. Go in through the doors of your own life. The heavy thorns, the briars, child, the strife. Lie down on the far side of the forest. Trust me. Trust me, trust me. After all the agonies, to someone, you'll say the one clear thing with all your life. Mm, mm, mm. It just gets me every time. So beautiful. Okay, 
So what's inspiring me now? Nice, big, full helping for you. Open wide. Okay. First up is Anne Friedman's opening essay on kin keeping, an opening essay for one of her newsletters. She writes, there's a word for the strategic nurturing of bonds, kin keeping. And while anyone can take on this role, there's also a word for the people most likely to do it, women. Anne Friedman's weekly newsletter is reliably amazing. I pay to subscribe because it's so, um, comes out every Friday and it's where I find a lot of my good stuff from. So highly, highly recommend. Next up is Hammer and Hope, a magazine of black politics and culture. The editors write, this magazine is an attempt to create what we desire to see in the world a radical and evolving vision we can collectively work toward. There is no barrier to entry. I especially recommend Chase Strangio's piece, When Cis Women Attack Trans Rights, Fascists Win, and Nia T. Evans' piece about Faith Ringgold, Revolution is a Great Work of Art. She writes, in art and in life, Faith Ringgold sees children's struggles, imaginations, and dreams as sites of revolution. It is really an amazing online magazine. Uh, next up is Hyperallergic's A View from the Easel series in which artists reflect on their workspace, which is like just my favorite thing ever. And in the New York Times, a love letter to library libraries long overdue, quote, we all know that books connect us, that language has quiet power. To see the concentration, curiosity, and peace on faces lit by words is to know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, in a time rife with shadows, that libraries are the beating hearts of our communities. Hear, hear. Also in the New York Times, for as much as I really loathe the New York Times for its um, consistent transphobic uh, content, front page content, and um, all of the awful things they do. They also have some great things in there, I have to say. And um, included in that is a piece by Margaret Renkel called More and More, I Talk to the Dead. She writes, I keep searching for the right metaphor to convey what I mean. Is it like a braid, a web, a shroud? Finally, the word comes to me. It's a conversation. Every day, all day long, everyone I've ever loved is gathered around the same table talking. Yes. <laughs> and finally is the book Otherlands, A Journey Through Earth's Extinct Worlds by Thomas Halliday. This is just a little snippet. The crust shattered and melted with the asteroid impact and hot magma splashed high into the sky. In the cool air, the droplets of rock solidified, raining hot glass feral bullets over half of North America over the course of three days. Hashtag perspective. This book was incredibly confronting. It was amazing. Thomas Halliday channeled this from beyond the beyond. But uh, humans essentially drop out of this book in the first few pages of the introduction, never to be seen again as he moves backward in time to, you know, 500 and some million years ago. And it's 
fascinating to see how much the earth and what it looks like has changed, how even the moon appeared different um, and the constellations were not in the places they are now. So it is a very um, beautiful and weird and strange and confronting and excellent true story about the long story. Highly recommend. I have a new section of my newsletter called Imagining a World Without Capitalism. And I'm going to be numbering them. This is reason number one, to imagine a world without capitalism. Since last month, there's been an update on the circumstances surrounding the murder of Tortuguita, a 26-year-old climate activist on January 18th in Atlanta's Wilani Forest. Recently released body cam footage that the Georgia Bureau of Investigation insisted didn't exist revealed a likely friendly fire incident, meaning that Tortuguita did not fire on Georgia state troopers, as authorities initially claimed, surprise, surprise, but rather the state trooper was shot by one of his own. Hashtag Stop Cop City. Speaking of Cop City, a proposed militarized police training facility that would include a mock city to practice urban warfare, dozens of shooting ranges, and a Black Hawk helicopter landing pad. Did you know that one of Cop City's top funders is, drumroll please, Norfolk Southern, the railway operator that caused the toxic chemical release in East Palestine, Ohio last month. Norfolk Southern made almost $13 billion in 2022. Executives there made between $3.4 to $13 million. Rail workers, on the other hand, who wanted to strike last year, and warned about exactly the kinds of risks that caused this derailment, get zero paid sick days. President Biden personally intervened last year to ensure that rail workers could not go on strike. Hashtag capitalism is killing us. So in this section, every month, I'll be offering some reasons why it would be so amazing for all of us to continue to imagine a world without capitalism. And finally, my tarot offering for the month, which is Major Arcana 18, the moon playing in the dark. After we've had a chance to recreate ourselves and reorient in the star, we land here in the uncanny realms of the moon, luminary of change, the body, emotions, and circular time. This arcana invites us to travel by night letting our creaturely selves navigate the shadows, illusions, dreams, and silvery magic that live in the generative dark. In a culture where the lights are on 24-7, 365, where people work 40 hours a week or more, it is exceedingly difficult to live according to our own internal rhythms, to feel like there's enough time to dream, wander, wonder, and get lost. Capitalism is a world of scarcity, including time scarcity. It's running out. There's not enough. Time is money. The moon says time is eternal, moving through cycles of birth, growth, culmination, harvest, compost, decay, death, and rebirth. The so-called line between the dark moon and the new moon is not a line at all. 
They sit alongside each other on a circle that has no endpoint. The moon arcana is mythic time. Kairos, not Kronos. When this arcana arrives, it's time to get comfortable in the dark, looking obliquely, indirectly, around corners, outside the frame and under the surface. The moon's light is not its own. It reflects the sun's light, its shape and face changing day by day, night by night. What becomes apparent to us when we're not looking by day, when we trust the messages and mysteries that brush up against us in the darkness? What moon phases do you experience as most conducive to work, creativity, rest, divination, dreaming and imagining? How do you work with lunar cycles and your own internal rhythms? What is your relationship to your dreams? How do you experience your shadows or blind spots being reflected back to you by art practice and creative work or by dreams or conflicts, synchronicity, divination? What is your relationship to nighttime and to the dark? How is darkness a source of inspiration creativity, and mystery to you. You can find out more about my tarot work at my website, shanethecatskills.com. The final quote for this offering is from Nawal El Sadawi, and she says, to be creative means to connect. It's to abolish the gap between the body, the mind, and the soul between science and art, between fiction and nonfiction. So that is it for this month. I really recommend that you check out the blog post because there's a picture of my cat um, that you are missing if you are only listening to this um, on the podcast version. Uh, In the meantime, I wish you a beautiful March, and I look forward to seeing you here in this space next month. Until then, take good care.